I want to go to the book of John in chapter 11. And I want us to think about how much uh, our situation, our circumstance is so, our vision of it is so limited. And how it is that when we're in the middle of a, a trial, when we're in the middle of a problem or a sickness or a financial situation or losing a job or whatever it may be, it can seem so huge and so massive at that moment. But God is still the same. He doesn't change. And He knows, He knew before the foundation of the world where you were going to be today. Uh, he knew exactly what you're going to be dealing with today. Nothing surprises Him. Nothing scares Him. He doesn't ever feel out of control. You're never out of control because He's never out of control. John 11, are you there? You, you all know this story. You'll know it well. You've probably heard sermons on it many times. John 11 and chapter 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he saith unto his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and thou goest, goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that, he, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Mary or to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But their, uh, I'm sorry, met, <laughs> went and met him. But their brother, when Martha uh, and Mary sat in the house, I'm sorry, I can't can't even get this out right here. Let me try again. <laughs> then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. And when she had so said, he, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in a place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comfort her when they saw Mary that rose up and hastily went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saying unto him, uh, saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? And Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Shall I, not, shall I not unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about him with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. And Lord, I just ask that you will open this word to us, encourage us today. As we all face our trials and our battles and our struggles, I pray, God, that you will show us your peace today and let the Spirit of God do a great work and give me the words to say to help your people, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I said, you've probably heard a lot of sermons on this, a lot of messages about this passage of Scripture. And there's a lot of things in this passage that I think we can glean that really help us in our time of battle, in our time of struggle. See, there was a, this whole thing, Jesus said, this thing happened that Jesus would be glorified, that God would be glorified. This situation was, was put into play, was put into motion so that unbelief could be turned into belief. Lack of faith could be turned into faith. People who, are, who struggled and battled and wondered if God would ever come through would all of a sudden realize that God was in control the whole time. There was a reason that this whole thing was put into motion and it was for the glory of God and for the benefit of the people there that their faith may be built. Their faith may be strengthened. Now all of us here, if we went through the line, went through the place and asked, every single one of us is dealing with something. We're all dealing with something. Some of us have aches and pains. 
Some of us are facing the loss of a job. Some of us are wondering about bills. Some of us are wondering about kids or grandkids or great-grandkids. Some of us are worrying about a move. Some of us are worrying about uh, vehicles that won't stay together. And you can go down the list. Every one of us is dealing with something. But the answer is the same in every situation. What was going on here? We see that this was a family that was very blessed, was a blessing to Jesus. He, he considered them to be close friends. And Jesus knew exactly what was happening. And they come to him and they say, Lazarus is sick. He's, he's on to death. He's, he's dying. And, and Jesus said, don't worry about it. It's okay. Now, when you're in the middle of a situation... Doesn't that situation always seem so more intense than it, than it does later on? I often think about, you know, when we're children, when we're, say, 8 or 10 years old, and we do something that we know we're in big trouble for, and we're sitting in that bedroom, and we're waiting for Dad to come in, and we, we, will, we, will, we will promise God anything. We are begging. We are pleading. We are thinking of ways to negotiate. We're thinking if we could get out the window and get away before He gets there. This thing is terrifying, and we are sure we're not going to survive it. And our heart is pounding in our chest. Add 30 years and we laugh about the same incident. We laugh about it. Oh boy, remember that time Dad whooped my tail? Boy, that was awesome. We just think it's hilarious. It's all over now. But you know, it's not, the, not only children that are that way. We are the same exact way when we are dealing with a problem and a situation in our life. That thing looks like a mountain in front of us. It is a monstrosity. We don't know how to get through. We're terrified. We lay in bed at night and our heart is pounding and we're praying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to negotiate anything. Just get me through this thing. Help me with this thing. Let me ask you something. Is God stressing in any of these situations? He is absolutely okay. Jesus, Jesus, Lazarus is dying. He's dead. You got to do something. And he said, yeah, okay, we got it. He's fine. He's not fine. He's dead. This is your friend. He's dead. What are you doing? What are you going to do? Well, let's hang out here for a while. What? What do you mean let's hang out here for a while? And that intensity in our life, we just, it boils up and we think, oh my gosh, we got to do something. And God says, it's okay, kid. I got this. It's all right. Relax. Take a breath. You'll be fine. Why did Jesus hang out for a couple more days? For that very reason, he wanted to show them this thing is not too big for me. It may be too big for you, but it's not too big for me. In fact, he wanted to make sure that they absolutely understood that this thing was too big for them. If he would have come back taking care of it right then, there would have been some that said, ah, no big deal. Lazarus just got better. He just got better. It was okay. It wasn't that big of a deal. But Jesus out. He stayed where he was for a while just for the purpose of making absolutely sure they understood that this was bigger than them, but it was not bigger than him. If we can get that understanding in our life, how much easier would our life be? So he tarried. He, Jesus said, he's he just sleeping. This guy's just sleeping. Lazarus is fine. He's just sleeping. And the disciples say, you know if he's sleeping, he's just going to wake up, right? You, you do understand that that, that it, it's more than that, right? She said, no, he's fine. He's just sleeping. And I imagine the trauma trying to figure this thing out. What do you mean he's just sleeping? 
How is he just sleeping? And Jesus finally has to just come right out and say, hey, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. Folks, that's the ultimate. You can't fix it beyond that point, right? You're done. It's all finished. From the day, every moment that their heart is beating, you can still pray and say, God, just heal him, just heal him, just heal him. But when that doctor pulls the plug and looks at his watch and writes the time down, folks, it's over. There's no more. There's no more praying. There's no more believing. It's done. Not even God can take care of that. But you know what? God can take care of that. <laughs> this is why it had to go this way. Jesus is like, let me show you what I can really do. Let me show you how big I really am. And so he heads over to the town finally, on his way over. And he doesn't even come all the way into town. Martha has to run out there and try to envision this in your mind. You think Martha was walking out casually saying, hey man, you should have been here. I can almost envision Martha in a run. Probably fists clenched. She's angry. She knew. She had the faith and she absolutely believed that Jesus could heal Lazarus. But she did not believe that Jesus could raise Lazarus. She believed that he could heal. I bet he, she ran out there at a dead run and she probably pounded on his chest. If you had only been here, what is wrong with you? We called for you. And you didn't even come? I thought you were our friend. I thought you loved us. What's wrong with you? And you can imagine the impact that would have on Jesus as, she, as she's so angry. And Jesus said, do you believe? Do you believe? He said, see, Lazarus is going to rise again. And she said, yeah, I know that. I know Jesus. I know he's going to rise again. I know that. Sure, on the resurrection, all of us are going to rise again. whoop you doo I'm, I'm talking about now. And <laughs> Jesus said, you don't get it. You're looking for the resurrection. I am the resurrection. You're looking for a day. I am the epitome of that day. I am it. Nobody resurrects without me. Nobody. And she said, I, I, I know he's going to be. I know he's going to be resurrected. I know there's going to be that resurrection. Jesus said, you're looking at that resurrection right in the face right now. I am that resurrection. I am the one that brings life into, to death. I am the, the one that turns defeat into victory. I am that God. And she still just didn't really get it. But you know what Jesus did? He still hung out. He still didn't come into town. Could you imagine these women? They were probably ready to kill him. They were, are you kidding? Martha's walking back into town. He's still back there. I, I don't get it. I could almost see this defeated Martha back into town. I don't understand. She goes into Mary and she says, maybe you can talk to him. He's looking for you. Where is he? All the way back out there where I was. He's not even coming into town. So Mary heads out there. Same type of thing. She says, if you'd have just been here, if you'd have just come, he would have lived. And it grieved Jesus so much. Why? Because she was hurting? No. It grieved Jesus. Why? Because Lazarus was dead? No. It grieved Jesus because they didn't believe. They had a limit on their faith in Him. Their faith went this far, but it didn't go this far. Their faith was limited. And, and she was, same thing, if, if you'd have just been here, if you would have just 
come when we called you. We called you and you just stayed there. And now you're still out here outside of town. He's in there. Go do. Are you afraid of him or something? What is the deal? What is going on? And she goes to the house to feed it again. And Jesus is just, it's like, and he's weeping over the unbelief in the people. See, I, I believe that when we question God to that level, and, and let, me, let me clarify that. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to question God. Scripture tells us to question God. The Bible says, try the spirits and see if they be from God. Right? How many Christians have gotten into so many stupidity because they failed to question God? They, you should be questioning, what is this voice I'm hearing right now? What is this impression that I feel right now? And people are saying, well, I can't question God. You should question God. Because when that prophet makes some prophecy and you look in the Word and you say, that doesn't line up with what's in here. Either that prophet is wrong or this Word is wrong. I'm going that the Word is right and the prophet is wrong. Question. It's okay to question. But it's not okay to doubt. To think my God is not as big as the problem I'm dealing with. This thing is bigger. And see, we, all, we, we tend to get that idea when we're dealing with stuff and we think, man, nobody has ever gone through what I'm going through right now. Well, look around you because there's about 50 other people within a city block that are dealing with the same thing. It's no different than what everybody else. All of us deal with the same problems. We deal with financial issues. We deal with those days where we don't feel good. We, we have some kind of a medical issue. We all have knuckle-headed children at some time, knuckle-headed grandchildren. We all deal with that stuff. We all have those days when, the, when you just wish your spouse would go off to work or, or someplace uh, shopping or hunting or something and not be around because that person is about to drive me nuts. We all deal with that. I know none of you have, but, you know, the rest of us have dealt with that. We, all of our problems are the same. Now I'm going to get beat by Becky and by my wife all in one day. We all struggle with this same stuff, and we think it's just us handling it. It's just this load is on me, and nobody else is carrying the load that I am. But what Jesus did is he took this family to a point they've never been before. Oh, you think they had people die before? Absolutely. But they figured Lazarus is Jesus' friend. He's our friend. They tell us that, that he stayed at their house often. And uh, history tells us that they had a, a room built onto the house specifically for Jesus to stay in as he came through the area and different things like that. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, but that's what I've read. But whatever the case, we know that Jesus was very close to this family, and so they were sure. You can better believe, just like if one of your friends was, uh, I don't know, a rock musician and they were playing down at Northern Quest, you would go to see him even if you couldn't stand the music, you know? You can better believe that they had been following Jesus and what was going on. They had seen him heal. They had seen him turn the water into wine. They had seen him perform these miracles. And they said, okay, you did it for all those other people. Now how about us, your family, you know, your friends, <coughs> your close family here. And so they were sure that he could heal. And then they ran into that roadblock of their faith that just went, <coughs> I went, I believed until he died. 
And then Jesus said, I'm going to take you to a place even beyond that because dead isn't good enough. So he waits and tinkers around and delays and stalls and finally comes walking in four days too late. Ever been a time in your life when God was four days late? I think it was Karen Peck and New River had a song about that. <laughs> he was four days late. Good song, by the way. Uh, Jesus makes absolutely sure that, that Lazarus is dead, gone, and they realize this is beyond just dead. He's super dead. <laughs> He's gone. In fact, she says, you don't understand by now he stinks. Jesus said, I want this situation to stink. So you realize exactly what I'm dealing with today. He's decomposing. We put it bluntly. There are maggots in that body. There are flies. Thanks, preacher. I got a vision in my brain all day now. <laughs> he is to that point when Jesus walks in. There's nobody on earth that believes that he can come out of this. Excuse me. This was last week's water. Is it poison? It's ion water, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was yummy. <laughs> He's way past the point of no return in this thing. And Jesus comes up, she said, by now he stinks. And Jesus said, that's perfectly fine with me. I want you to roll the stone away. See, the rolling of the stone away is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. They could have laughed at him. They could have mocked him. They could have sneered at him. They could have done anything. And Jesus said, roll the stone away. Here's the thing. He already smells bad. Who wants to roll the stone away? It's already bad enough. Who wants to open that door? <laughs> and Jesus says, move the stone away. And they move the stone away. And Jesus commands with a loud voice. Now, I want to put you to put yourself in that crowd. You know there was a lot of folks sitting back there going, oh, this ought to be good. I bet Susie wishes she was here to see this because this is going to be funny. I know what we're talking about at the hairdresser in the morning. This is going to be hilarious. This dude is about to make the biggest fool of himself ever. And just because of the way he plays it, it doesn't say that in here, but I just, I just get this idea that he probably said, Lazarus, come forth. And there was probably a three or four minute stall just, just so Jesus could rub it in. Just, just so he could rub I, I'm just throwing that in there. As they were probably beginning to laugh and beginning to mock and beginning to sneer, and then all of a sudden, a man walks into the door and they went, whoa, hold on a minute. Talk about a, an impact. Lazarus, come forth. Who is that that, that does voice what he's doing. Is that Carmen? Yeah, Carmen. You ever, ever heard that song he does? He's like he's a deep voice in the microphone. Lazarus, come forth! <laughs> Superhero sound, you know? <laughs> and all of a sudden, he comes out of that. And on that day, 
Jesus showed the world from then until eternity that God is bigger than anything. He's bigger than anything you're dealing with because I don't care if it's a loss of your job, it's a loss of your health, it's a loss of a loved one, if it's, it's, it's a children that are a problem, it's a, a car that's acting up. Dead is bigger than all those. And Jesus defeated death on that day and showed the world that it, there is no amount of time that takes his ability away. He is almighty God. He is bigger and above all those things. Hallelujah. Is that all you got? Praise the Lord. <laughs> I want you to apply this to your life. I want you to apply it to your life. It's easy to hear a sermon in church and, and even get fired up a little bit, but I want you to apply it to where you're at because each one of us is dealing with something. And we sometimes think, there's just nothing else that can be done here. We're at the end. We're at the limit. We're beyond what God can take care of now. We're, we're already too deep. I don't know which way to go now. That's when God says, I'll be in town in a couple days. Just relax. I'll be there. Well, God, you know what the, what the doctor said. You know what the realtor said. You know what the mechanic said. You know, you can't wait four days. You got to do it today. God says, I'll be there in a couple days. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. I'll be there. And when you're pulling your hair out and you're about to panic and you're just finally to the point where you say, I just... You want to beat him on the chest and say, if you'd have just done something when I prayed. I, I asked you and you didn't do a thing. You just sat there and did nothing while I was going through this. And Jesus said, I got this. Yeah, I got it. It's okay. It's okay. God is going to take care of it. Can we stand together and pray, please? Hallelujah. Lord, I hold up to you this congregation right now. I hold up each and every one of them. For Lord, there's some people that are in a point in their life when they're, they're wondering what's going to happen in the coming weeks, and coming months. Lord, they're, they're curious. They, they don't know. And they're, they're holding on to faith. There's some, Lord, that are facing very difficult medical situations their own bodies breaking down or the body of loved ones breaking down. Lord, there's people here that are dealing with children that make them lay awake at night and, and worry and, and, and concern, Lord. And I just pray, Father, for that faith that You show in this, in this passage, that, that faith that tells us that no matter how bad the situation stinks, no matter how beyond hope it is, You are never beyond hope. You are never to the point that you can't answer this need. And Father, I just pray, God, that you will show each one and give that peace. And every time that they, that they fear, every time they're tempted to fear, and any time they're tempted to doubt, I pray that you'll bring this passage to their mind and into their heart and let them hear and see what they need, Lord, and let them realize, build that faith, strengthen that faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.